Assalamu alaikum, peace be with you. You're listening to Cup of Parenting podcast and I'm your host Aisha, a pediatric speech and language therapist, mom of seven and parenting coach here in the UK. A recent report by the Children's Commissioner in England in the United Kingdom a few weeks ago was published in which it was found one in 10 children have seen some kind of porn on their phone by the age of nine years old. Yes, nine years old. Now, some of you will be shocked by this statistic. Some of you will be angry or sad or even disgusted. But the plain fact is that a lot of people in our community are in denial about this crisis that we are in and we need to do something about it. Welcome to episode 28 and inshallah this week we're going to be discussing the dangers of social media. Now a lot of the time we are aware to some extent of the dangers of social media for example tablets and phones and we try not to give them to our children when they're too small. So there is a kind of awareness spreading now. You see in WhatsApp groups where people put messages on, you know, don't let your children watch this or watch that because of the negative impact of it. And there's two times when a child goes through rapid development with the, in, in regards to their brain. One is when they are at that toddler age, and that's the age mostly when parents who want to do something do try and do something. But another period of rapid development actually happens when children are of teenage age. And usually at this age, we aren't as concerned and we aren't as worried and we sort of don't bother to do anything about their social media usage. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because this is a huge issue because it's causing mental health issues amongst our teenagers, especially in society today, all over the world. I'm not just talking about in the UK. Now, if we go back to the very design of social media apps and the ones that children are using nowadays, the people behind them have openly said, the companies behind them, that they've hired, you know, some of the best engineers in the world to work out the algorithms and to try and get people hooked and addicted to them, basically, because it is a form of addiction and try and get people to stay on these apps for as long as possible, because that means that they can make a lot of money through advertisements for example so this is the purpose of them is to try and keep you on the apps for as long as possible and if they're doing this then they're making money so they're obviously going to try and have algorithms that are absolutely excellent at finding content for you so you'll go on to one of the apps you might see something that you like and then the algorithm is very clever it'll know this and it'll start showing you or your child whoever's using it more of similar content so that you watch and consume more of it and it's like a cycle isn't it things that are of interest to you now when you're adults to some extent you can understand and i'm saying this because even sometimes adults get sort of fooled by things that are out there now whether whether it's true or whether it's not but generally adults are good at looking at what's real what what's not real what's sarcasm what's a joke but children aren't as good as us at doing this because they are still developing, like I said at the beginning. And this is why it comes into the category of being quite dangerous and having quite a negative impact. Now, I was watching a documentary, um, Childhood 2.0, which I recommend all of you to watch. It's readily available and they've even got material to help parents 
in which they, they quoted a doctor saying that in the hospital that they have seen most issues when it comes to children um, relating to the mental health okay only after obesity so most of the children come in they've had they have these sorts of issues how is social media actually having the negative impact on children there are several ways the first is an impact on their sleep because oftentimes children are going to bed with the phone in their hands especially the older te teenage age children sometimes parents are aware sometimes they're not aware they're texting their friends you know keeping in touch via social media till late at night and it means it's obviously impacting on their sleep and before you know it a lot of time has gone it's late into the night they have to get up the next day and they're not being able to get up the next day which means they're not functioning properly and over a long period of time this is obviously going to have a huge negative impact also lots of studies have linked sleep difficulties to screen time and it could be because obviously we know that the screens have a blue light don't they when you're staring at your phone um phone disturbances because if you leave the alert on and messages come through and they ping even though you're sort of half asleep you might still just quickly get up to grab it just curiosity you know who's messaged you what have they said and obviously sleep is important for all human beings but it's really crucial in those adolescent years in those teenage years and they need to have that amount of sleep and because of the lack of sleep this then is associated with lower mood and depression so this is the way in which it manifests itself okay another huge issue is teenagers are using social media as a life comparing tool okay we are looking at the best bits of somebody else's life because that's what influencers and people usually do isn't it they show these really attractive videos and photos of their life and Sometimes teenagers actually think that this is all completely real and I'm not saying it's sometimes not real But there are a lot of cases in which it's not real. It's just made up for the views for the likes for the social media platform Okay, because there's certain platforms on there in which you are supposed to make videos that are supposed to look beautiful So then you're seeing or the teenagers rather are seeing the best part of someone else's life who might be the similar age to them and thinking oh why, why haven't I got that? Why isn't that true for me? And we're not realizing the impact that this is then having on them and they're comparing it to all their own life and starting to feel quite low about themselves another thing that they're doing is using it um, in a way in which limits human social interaction so as humans we're social creatures aren't we so we are supposed to look at each other when we're talking to each other read each other's cues read the tone of voice so you imagine a group of teenage girls for example and they're messing with each other um and something gets lost in the messages lost in translation so someone said what they didn't mean to say and somebody else interpreted it in a completely wrong way and then it all blows up pretty quickly whereas if you were face to face you might have understood that you were offending the person in front for example or you weren't using an appropriate tone so you might change the way you're speaking you might change what you're saying you might stop what you're saying but on social media that can get out of control especially if there's a group chat going on and you can't actually see in, in real life how it's impacting on that group of individuals and this doesn't even just affect teenagers I've seen this happen with with grown ladies as well where you write something in a group for example and then it gets completely misconstrued and then people are discussing it with other people and then it gets all out of hand but the person who originally wrote the message didn't even mean to say what people think that they mean to say okay and 
especially teenagers or children they're growing up they need to learn how to behave in social situations but if they're not doing that face to face and they're only doing it via phones or tablets then how can we expect them to learn this really crucial skill okay and it means that sometimes they've got a completely different identity online where they might be confident and loud online on the, their social media persona but in real life they might be quite shy and not like that at all and because they've got this double identity almost this can also cause low self-esteem okay and research in the UK has shown how this social media usage has contributed to feeling of depression because you're you've almost leading this double life the real one and then the pretend one that you've made up just for the sake of being online and related to this another thing that's happening is you're chasing likes on post and when you like a post it's it's almost like it's driving your self-worth and your self-esteem because you want this constant um, approval from others you want this external validation from others and until you get it you won't be satisfied you might post something and then message people and say you haven't liked my post or you haven't commented on my post why not um and you know it's and and then you can even see now when that person's seen your message right and they say you've left me on read you didn't reply to me but i know you've read the message because we want that instant gratification and we want it online we want we want it at this superficial level because we haven't then got that self-confidence so you can imagine how this affects a child's development then if they think that this is the way to go forward another thing is bullying um cyber bullying is a huge thing now and it exists there's even specialists going into schools and talking to children about the impact of cyber bullying um and developmental psychologists actually say that because of social media that people will actually be more confident to bully and hurt people because they can do it behind the screen sometimes they can do it anonymously sometimes they can do it in a whole group where lots of people are saying negative things so you think well i can as well it doesn't really matter um but you, these are the people who wouldn't actually do this in real life they're just doing it online on social media and this is actually found to be especially true for girls um so it, this research has shown this as well in the same way peer acceptance so if there's a person who is not of a nice nature you know and they're, they're doing bullying it might be that at school that's a popular person why because they've got a huge social media following everybody likes them and we've heard children say in studies that actually even though you know that what that person's doing is wrong nobody's going to say anything or stop them because you'll be the odd one out because the majority of the people like them and they're a popular person um and this is this is how it's working even though it's completely wrong and we know it's wrong and i know that social media does have its positives okay it it does it does have its positives and you can use it in as a tool in education um as a form of uh, different types of education for example even you can use it charity fundraising making people really aware when things are happening or if things are happening in other parts of the world it's really you can really quickly spread information to make people aware so i'm not saying there aren't positives but what the bigger picture is showing us is that these negative issues are impacting our children in a massive way and people need to wake up and realize that this is happening so what can we do what can we do as parents well the first and most important thing according to researchers is set an example it sounds obvious but what they're saying is for example when you pick your children up from school don't be on your phone give them your full attention in those crucial minutes where they need to offload or maybe discuss something that's on their mind in their hearts that's just happened today also when you come in through the front door 
Sometimes parents are guilty of carrying on a phone conversation or still being at work when actually they've entered the house. So you're bringing the work into the house. So you should try and keep off the phone as soon as you enter the house. Have phone free time. Okay, this can be for a couple of hours a day at a certain time in the evening where you just switch all the phones off. You can even sort it out. So maybe, you know, if you use your phone for work, like checking emails and things, you can maybe limit this to once a day or maybe have a time on the weekend or a day on the weekend where you don't use the phone at all because you don't need it as such. See how long you can go for without the phone. Another one is talk to children. Now, I don't mean uh, spy on them and ask them to show you what they're doing on the phone. You should have that level of trust with them. But at the same time, don't be so naive to not know what apps they're using and what they're doing on those apps. What are they posting on the apps? Which groups are they in? And if you talk to them, you, you would know this because most of the time we don't talk to the children. We just make assumptions or when it gets out of control, we get angry and we wonder how did this all happen? Okay. And, and one of the problems is parents aren't as tech savvy as children, right? We know, we know children can grab a phone and do things on apps really, really quickly whilst you're still wondering what did they do. So you need to educate yourself into what's out there and what children are doing. So sometimes parents are completely unaware of what's going on. So do educate yourselves in this regard. Have alternate healthy activities for them to do. A lot of the time, the reason the children are glued to the phone is because they don't have anything else to do. They'll tell you, they'll say, I'm bored, okay? And I know firsthand because um, when I organize the trips that I do and, and the children's activities, especially in the holidays, sometimes I'll speak to parents and they'll say, oh, I need to ask my child if they want to do this, which is fine. But then they'll go as far as saying, because usually um, they might be playing on the computer game at that time, or um, they want to know if it's worth their time to come out and do it, subhanAllah. And I think sometimes, well, who's the parent, you or them, until you sort of encourage them to go out and to experience new things, how would they do it? And a lot of the times the children will say, well, I don't want to do it, full stop. But they're the same children who will be at home watching the television screens or be glued to their phones for the next few hours. Okay, so they wouldn't have gotten out and gotten fresh air or done an activity, but the parents are happy for them to be doing this alternate activity um, instead. And when you take a children out and we're getting them involved in new skills, this actually teaches them uh, to have a bit of independence. It teaches them that they can do new skills. It increases their self-esteem, their confidence and their happiness. We know this, research has shown this. And the other thing is just to be aware widely on what, different apps they're on but also how much time they're spending on those apps are they accessing the apps at school or are they accessing them at home now the statistic i said right at the beginning this is something that's common because it's not that children are seeing this kind of um explicit content by accident it's actually children who are looking for it or they've seen it and they want to see more because they're curious and they're curious because they know they can't talk to their parents about certain topics. So this is something else we need to consider. Are you making time to talk about specific topics, which, especially if you live in the West, they're going to they're gonna come across them at some point, whether that's in school, whether they see posters, whether they see a magazine, whether they see a program, or whether someone has a discussion with them, whether their friends mention it. And it's better that that information comes from you in the way you want your, to teach your children and how much information you want to teach them according to their age than someone else. So this is something else we need to really, really wake up and be aware of. So I hope this.
this talk has been useful, inshallah, and I hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for all of us in upbringing our children. Inshallah, see you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa